Welcome, I'm Ryan Hicks, and this is Modern Business, the podcast to learn from franchise business leaders and explore new business technology. Our community is about sharing knowledge and tools that help us achieve our goals in business and beyond. Thanks for being here, and welcome to Modern Business. Welcome back, everybody, to Modern Business Podcast. Uh, thank you all so much for hopping on here again and uh, listening to me drone on about franchising. Really excited to uh, have you guys all back here today. Um, I'm without uh, my partner in crime, Ryan Hicks, uh, once again today. He's he's uh, decided that uh, he's going to dub me the board the, the, the board one because I've been doing so many podcasts. So thank you guys all for putting up with me throughout all of this. Uh, really excited to bring you a great episode today from a fellow podcaster, actually, which will be uh, awesome. So we may go a little bit young, uh, longer than we normally do because we have uh, much to talk about. Uh, this gentleman also happens to be um, in a newly minted role at a new and very exciting franchise brand that has seen a lot of success and um, also happens to be um, a very close friend of mine as well. Uh, really, really excited to uh, welcome this next guest on the podcast. Uh, but before I do that, um, I do want to go through some pieces of housekeeping with you all. Uh, of course, as always, um, we are going to be promoting uh, pretty heavily the Springboard Influencer Series that has been running for about six weeks now. Um, as of this recording, uh, we are having uh, tomorrow, so this is a Wednesday, May 20th. Uh, as of this recording, that's uh, tomorrow, we will be having on, uh, on uh, Anthony Geisler, uh, the Exponential Fitness CEO, and then we're also having on uh, Ed Logan, uh, the COO of Sportclips. Um, so that should be really exciting. But of course, we are going to be having more and more gaps as time goes on. So please uh, listen up for um, and take a look at your LinkedIn and Facebook to see who will be hosting uh, on the week that this comes out. Um, in addition to that, folks, uh, obviously we know uh, here at Modern Business that a lot of people had been displaced by COVID-19. And uh, we wanted to try and find a way uh, to get back to the franchising community and uh, franchisors.com um, once again has stepped up to the plate uh, to do that. And uh, in saying that they had created uh, something called Franchise Switchboard. So please go um, to franchisors.com and check out uh, all the awesome resumes that are posted on there if you are looking for people to hire. And also um, if you're looking to post a job on there, if you are hiring, uh, we also do have a job uh, listing section as well. So please go and check that out um, also. Now, uh, of course, uh, really, really happy to actually bring you guys uh, today's episode. Um, really, I'm really looking forward to this. I know that we, I know that I've been on his podcast, but not uh, vice versa. So really excited to welcome uh, Joe Malma, the Managing Director of Franchise Development for um, Batteries Plus Bulbs of so the newly minted role. Uh, Joe, thanks for hopping on in. Thank you so much for having me, Zach. And uh, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I think we first started talking about me coming on the show back in Chicago at the trade show last year when we did the panel for Young Conference, which was uh -huh. fantastic, by the way. So thank you for, for putting that together. And and uh, here we are. You did my show, I think it was two months ago, maybe last month, and, and that was fantastic. And we got a lot of wonderful, wonderful feedback on on some of the insight that you were able to provide. And I'm just happy to be able to to jump on on. Uh, your show here and, and maybe do the same for you. So thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. We're very, very excited. And uh, we've had a lot of really awesome conversations offline about all things franchising. And I think that why not? I think that we should hop on and record it for all the folks here just so they can kind of hear what um, all the great things that we've discussed thus far. And, you know, I'd love to start just with uh, your new role. I mean, obviously you were, I mean, in, in the past you were with United Franchise Group and you were also 
uh, with my iLab on most recently, but would love to kind of just hear about, you know, Batteries Plus and what drew you to them and what you're really excited about um, when it comes to, you know, starting in your new role. It's a really interesting time to uh, start in a new role, of course. So uh, would love to hear a little bit about that first. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, United Franchise Group is an absolutely world-class organization. And, you know, I spent better part of 10 years uh, with that uh, organization and learned all kinds of stuff and, and built some really amazing relationships. And, and uh, with iLab, uh, you know, we really had a huge impact on that brand with the strategies that we put in place there and, and, and doubled the system essentially in uh, the first 12 months, basically. We went from twice the number of operating franchise locations, twice the number of franchisees, and twice the number of units that were kind of sold and in the pipeline type of thing. And so uh, then COVID-19 came along, and that's when I think more than anything, uh, you started to realize how important culture really is in the success of an organization. And UFG's got an amazing culture, hands down. iLab has an amazing culture. Uh, And Batteries Plus came calling because you have this uh, uh, 30-plus year, 700-plus enterprise-level franchisor uh, that's done an amazing job uh, in communicating and supporting and providing uh, different incentives and reliefs and opportunities and all these things for their franchisees to help get them through this. And uh, they needed somebody who or were looking for somebody who could help tell their story in a new and a fresh way in a a post-COVID world. And you know me, man, I'm always up for a challenge and, and uh, just mm-hmm. the timing was right. And so, you know, the, the, the role is exciting to me because, you know, here we are, we're going to take this brand that's already at, you know, they're number 188 on the franchise 500. That's, that's a big deal. And, and we're going to position it and carry it forward for, you know, the next 30 years and kind of looking at that first 30 years as the foundation building piece. And, and now we've got this new world to navigate. And so, uh, they've got a fantastic team there, a fantastic group of franchisees, and uh, we're going to bring some stuff to the table uh, and, and really kind of step forward in a big way uh, in a bunch of different areas with the brands. There's a very, very bright future there. Absolutely, and I'm looking forward to seeing what you can do. I mean, I know that uh, they've certainly had uh, a lot of interest from, you know, they've been in and out of private equity and all that good stuff, so I know that there's a lot of interest from uh, the people who really know what they're talking about in franchising, which is really great news. And I think that that always uh, lends itself to obviously more sophisticated processes and all sorts mm-hmm. of great things that you'll have in, in your arsenal. And I guess uh, my next question for you is really revolving around the industry that they're a part of in general. And I'm just kind of curious as uh, somebody who's just kind of stepping into the role with, uh, with, with BPB, you know, what are your thoughts in terms of where you feel their industry is going and why you think out of COVID that it may really be an industry that could be poised for pretty tremendous growth, despite the fact it is obviously retail. Yeah. So, so the real advantage there is it's specialty retail. And, 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 and what I mean by that is, you know, we're not, we're not selling t-shirts. We're not selling stuff that you can, you, you can in essence get online and this type of thing, because there's not an urgency behind the product. We're selling something that's, that's very specific. It's a niche market. And, you know, frankly, to use a simple example, you know, when you need to swap the car battery out in your car, you're not going to wait two days for it to show up from Amazon. You need it now because you got to get to work or you got to get the kid to soccer practice or whatever it is. And so, 
you know, specialty retail in that sense. And, and there's really two sides to the business. There's the retail piece of it, and then there's the commercial side. And on the commercial side and on the retail side, we're, we're very uh, securely positioned as an essential business. In the fact that, you know, over the last two months during the whole COVID-19 uh, meltdown, essentially, we've seen 5 and 6% increase in same-store sales and, and growth within the brand because, you know what we're selling a lot of right now? Thermometer batteries. We're selling a lot mm-hmm. of stuff to hospital districts who need backup power for their equipment with all this influx of patients. We're seeing moms and dads ordering online, which, which those orders then get uh, accredited to the, the franchisee stores or, or doing the curbside pickup, which we were able to implement in 24 hours time. Uh, do all of these things like, hey, I got to homeschool my kid now and I have this laptop that might be a little too old for this. Let me get a battery backup and all these kinds of things. So, so we've really uh, been able to run with the fact that we were kind of by default already positioned as essential and as essential. And that's really what we've led with. And so we think that, you know, post-COVID is going to provide further opportunity for us because, uh, you know, at least for the next few years, I don't know that we're ever going to really go 100% back to zero where we were prior to all of this. There's still going to be, uh, you know, that segment of the population that's, you know, better safe than sorry. I'm just going to stay distant. I'm going to stay home and limit my exposure. And and we're going to see that segment of the population that doesn't. They want to get back out there on their ATVs and their jet skis and stuff, and they're going to need batteries and products like that. And while they're riding those ATVs, they're going to crack their cell phone screens, and so they're going to need to bring their phones into us to get them fixed, which is something we do. And and all those all those types of things that we do to serve the community that we're in. And, and that's really the core of the whole deal is how can we serve? And, and our franchisees have done an amazing job of that and, and really pivoting on a dime, really. To, to be in a position where they can service the hospital districts, service the, the school districts, service the fire departments, um, service local businesses that are also essential that need uh, uh, this type of high level of service and immediate need for that product. They can't wait for it to show up. So so we're in a good spot to, to, to ride this into the future and continue to pivot and reposition and, and continue to increase the value that we bring to those those communities that we're in. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, and I like the fact that, you know, you guys have been able to pivot from a, you know, from a consumer standpoint. And I think, of course, it is really important to understand that you were able to do that curbside pickup, which I think is obviously um, in, in such a short amount of time, I think is amazing. And I think in addition to that, you know, you guys were also really able to ensure that you were considered essential. People were buying online. You were doing national accounts with hospitals. And all of that stuff really allowed, you know, really allowed Batters Plus to stay, you know, I guess alive more than anything else. And in addition to that, the franchisees were still making some decent money, which I think is important too. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I guess really what I'm what I'm curious about above anything else uh, is about the idea of how you think that franchise sales is going to change out of this. Of course, that is what you're what you were brought in to do. And you know, I I, I know that right now currently it seems like that a lot of the a lot of Things are in place for batteries plus that have been, you know, phenomenal. But I think from a franchise sales standpoint, I am kind of curious, you know, what opportunities that you're seeing because I think that, you know, it sounds like you guys have a lot of have a lot of different revenue streams that you're providing for the Z's now. And I'm just kind of curious how that may translate to, to franchise sales uh, in the future coming out of this. Yeah. So there, there's 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 some obvious things that are going to change right so so i think the core to everybody's story going forward the number one thing that we're going to get asked by candidates no matter what brand or industry we're in is 
what did you do for your franchisees to get them through this? How did you show leadership? What did you do to support and all these different kinds of things, right? You have to be able to tell a good story there or else somebody else is going to tell a better story than you. And, and you're going to lose out on the ability to continue to add uh, uh, new and exciting people to your network of, of stores as a franchisor. That's, that's at the crux of everything. Um, the next thing that's going to change is how you deliver that message. You know, we used to, you and I are very much used to going to trade shows, right? And, and, and uh-huh. uh, uh, that's always been at the core of franchising for, for years and years and years. The way you grew a brand was through trade shows. And, and trade shows have been impacted in a big way this year. And, and we're hoping for uh, a rebound of that in a big way. But, but you know, still, it, it's, it's not going to be what it was six months ago. And it's going to take a little bit of time for that to, to come back. And, and just the way you interact with people, discovery days are changing. Uh, uh, people are changing whether or not they go in to physically visit stores. And, and you hear a lot of people talk about uh, uh, different strategies for that. I know that the IFA is, has been doing an amazing job uh, producing webinars and content and things to, to help share some of the best practices because we're all figuring it out on the fly at this point. You know, what are we going to do and, and what's worked for you? You, you know, some people have done virtual discovery days in the past. Some people haven't. And, and really, Figuring out on the fly what those best practices are has been the tough part. And I think, uh, you know, I heard one person say uh, uh, that, hey, you know, we, we've done a great job. We've recreated our Discovery Day experience through a Zoom meeting. And, and, and this was a, a, a leader of a fitness brand. And one of the things that they talked about uh, was, you know, in, in, before COVID-19, normal Discovery Days, you'd come in, you'd do a workout with the team. And then go get cleaned up and stuff, and then they'd have the rest of the discovery day. And now they're doing that workout online through Zoom. And uh, uh, to me, I, I kind of heard that, and that felt like that was a, a poor facsimile uh, of the real experience. And and and, and uh, you know, people got to do what they got to do. But on some level, the idea of somebody watching me do jumping jacks on a webcam is a little creepy. And so that got me thinking, got wheels turning. And I, and I think that the wave of the future, and I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here with this because I'm hoping to be the first to market with it, is uh, VR. And uh, several, several, several years ago, back when the Oculus Rift first developed as, as a, an affordable level consumer product uh, on the high end there, we sort of evaluated this idea with United Franchise Group because with their brand, Sinorama, there might have been a fit there. For signage and, and that type of visual marketing. But I think if you fast forward to today with the advent of like Google Cardboard uh, and things along those lines, those retail branches are brick and mortar stores that want to provide a, a, a five senses type of experience into their stores and what they are. Stores aren't going to go away. But maybe the due diligence process for a franchisee for the short term might change. And so being able to uh, recreate in, in kind of the virtual sense an opportunity to uh, provide those in air quotes five senses of an experience beyond just him hey, walking through a store doing FaceTime with you, showing you what my store looks like. Uh, being able to provide uh, interactive messaging and, and storytelling, being able to provide uh, a headquarters uh, visit type of experience through VR as that technology becomes more available and less expensive to produce. I think that uh, for the brands that are positioned to do it uh, is really a powerful and compelling way to tell the story post-COVID. And, and, and we're investing in that. And we're right around the corner from being able to, to do that. And, and uh, so we're excited about that. And that's one thing that we've identified that I think is going to be 
really at the core of the experience going forward. And, and, and it's not going to eliminate the need for someone to come to our office at some point. And it's not going to eliminate the need for someday they've got to get into a store. But when timelines are extending right now because of what's going on in the world, this is a great way uh, to keep pushing those candidates through the process to get them to to have that experience and have that higher level understanding than just kind of, uh, you know, an out-of-body experience of watching it from a screen as somebody else does it for you. I absolutely love that. And I know that we've talked a little bit offline about the idea of this and <clears throat> the, the idea of being able to bring the five senses to the franchise sales process. I think at the end of the day, what everybody is really saying when they're saying, you know, I prefer to meet people in person, right? I mean, I think that there's mm -hmm. a lot of, franchise dinosaurs who really refuse to switch over to the virtual discovery day because they just feel like that they're not going to be able to get the right sense for the candidate. And I guess to a certain degree, I do agree. But I, I, I think also if there is a way to circumvent both the costs and the risk by being able to find that middle ground, and I think that it sounds like VR may be that, I think that that's really going to make a tremendous difference in what you guys are able to achieve at a way cheaper cost. And I think at the end of the day, all franchise salespeople are are really interested in trying to get that cost per sale down, right? I mean, that, that's what a lot of For franchise sure. sales departments really care about. And I think that um, in the long run, I think that being able to do virtual reality in you know the discovery process is going to be a tremendous asset. So I'm really curious to see where that goes. And I think additionally, it's even more important for a, re for, for, for a you know, a brand that has retail locations to be able to have that five senses experience just because it, it's not, it's not a home-based brand, you know? And I think that, you know, most people, most people I think don't wake up in the morning necessarily and say, you know, I want to, um, I want to own a, you know, a, a concept that specializes in phone repair and in battery replacement, right? So I think that it really requires a certain education to it. And I think that that will also be an asset for you guys too, is for people to really understand your world in the proper way to really truly get why from an economic standpoint, it makes a ton of sense to invest in batteries plus. And then in addition to that, you know, from an emotional standpoint, why, like how you guys affect people's lives day to day. I think that that will really help for them to be able to just kind of take a walk um, in, in, in their own shoes if they were in person, so to speak. So I'm really excited to see where that goes. And that kind of brings me to another question that I had. You said something earlier about, you know, the idea of retail and specialty retail and about how you don't think the retail is really going to go away. Um, I know that you obviously have worked quite a bit, um, quite a bit with, with specialty retail. I mean, I think that you've done in, in your career. So I'm just kind of curious to hear, you know, what your thoughts are and what and how you think that retail is going to change throughout all of this. Because I think that the difference between specialty retail and, you know, food concepts and, boutique fitness. I think that there's going to be a lot of differences, but just overall your opinions on how you think um, retail is really going to be affected coming out of all of this. Uh, just really kind of just really curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's, that's a challenging question because there's so many moving parts uh, uh, to the retail world and things that are, that are impacting retail, things that are impacting franchising in general. And, and it's important to to understand that, that first and foremost, I, I certainly don't have the answer. You know, nobody, nobody really has the answer, but, but, you know, I can, I can certainly offer my read of the tea leaves, some things that I'm expecting to see uh, down the line. And, you know, you, you have to, we have to go back pre COVID and think about the Amazon effect. Amazon was already impacting uh, retail in general. Uh, 
uh, and it's the specialty retailers that were faring better against Amazon uh, in, 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 in that respect. And the general guys, you know, the, the stores like Macy's and Kmart and this kind of thing were getting crushed. So in, in retail in general, I think we're going to continue to see a decline in that because, because those stores that were already having trouble living in 2020, which is, which is the, you know, kind of the whole motif we're talking about here is, is experience and what are buying patterns of customers and, and what are they preferring to do? And, and you have to look at the litmus test of social media, right? And, and you have to look at the testing of, of who's developing apps and why are they being successful? And, and you look at things like Grubhub and Uber Eats and all this stuff, taking a chunk out of that, uh, that the, those table covers that are happening in restaurants, you know, those kinds of things. So you, you package all of that up and then you, you, you drop the COVID-19 bow on top of it. You got a real nice present there that we're all going to have to deal with for a while. And so I can see things like uh, specialty boutique type fitness like you're talking about that are, uh, uh, you know, not necessarily married to one thing. Like, like I think some of those cycle bar type places and some of those, this is just a yoga lounge these kinds of things are going to be uh, in a position where they're going to struggle a little bit. If you can provide a well-rounded boutique experience or a well-rounded niche experience where people can get a lot of value, it's really still going to be value-driven, uh, you're going to see those businesses continue to move forward. Uh, but when you juxtapose that against specialty retail, it's having that, that value proposition at a high level, having that service at a high level, that expertise at a high level. Uh, is is going to have the impact of or the increased impact of having, hey, we're doing something that the rest of the world isn't doing as well. And that's the specialty retail piece. So I, I don't think retail is going to go away. Uh, there, people have invested way too much money for way too many years for that to just dry up. And know everything is e-commerce. It's just not going to happen like that. You know, we we haven't left our house in two months and we've done 100 percent online ordering of our groceries. And, and it's a fantastic service. And I love it. But they're marking every single item up and I have to pay a driver a tip and all these other things. And when you've got a nine month old at home like I do and a two year old, we're having to order a lot more stuff a lot more often. So these smaller orders drive that section of our our budget up. Everybody in the world is experiencing that right now. And at some point, if I can go back into the grocery store and save a few bucks, you know, that makes sense. People are going to do that. So I don't think it's going to go away. I think it's going to need to pivot. I think it's going to need to augment. And I think that you're going to see a move away from, you know, the the big retailers back to the small town business again, which is great for franchisees. Because at the end of the day, that what used to be the mom and pop small town business is now the locally owned franchise store. And and so mm -hmm. I think there's a bright future for franchise retail, but they are going to have to meet the customers where they are. And that's a new landscape. Yeah, and I, I think you're completely right. And you know, I, I, I agree with most of your assessments on most things, of course, but I think that with this in particular, I know that we've had many discussions about, you know, where we think franchising is going to go. And I, I know especially recently we did so, you know, on your podcast. And I think that, you know, what I feel is going to be so incredibly important in order to meet the customers where they are is I think the technology that you have in place. And I think that you know, I know that you firmly believe in the idea of technology, especially considering that you're looking to kind of turn to the discovery day on its head, of course. But, I'm, you know, I think that, you know, what kind of technology does Batteries Plus have in place that, you know, you were especially attracted to when you were kind of looking, you know, to when you when you were getting really excited about the brand? You know, what are the what are the franchisees doing that um, are really setting you guys apart um, within the franchise space? And you know, how do you guys really think that that's going to help you guys, I guess, evolve throughout all of this as well? 
Yeah, two, I mean, a couple layers to that. I mean, on the franchise development side, you know, we've we've sort of hit on that a little bit, and and, and uh, uh, you know, I you know me, I, I I never have a problem sharing what we're doing, uh, no matter where I am, because we want as as a community of franchisors, we want everybody to get better, because uh, you know, the better franchising becomes, the more eyes we have on the industry, and the more people are going to come and want to be franchisees. And so there's a, in my opinion, there's a big push and your podcast does a fantastic job of this of, Hey, how do we help each other become better franchisors on the friend dev side, on, on the ops side, on the support side, because, you know, there are some segments of the population out there and any friend dev professional will tell you that, that say, Hey, you know, franchising, isn't that kind of like, isn't that kind of like multi-level marketing? And it's nothing like that. But unfortunately, because of some bad apples over the years and, and movies like, uh, What's that McDonald's movie? I can't remember the name of right now with Michael. The Keaton. founder. The founder. Thank you that I've watched ten thousand times. Uh, you sometimes that story gets told in a weird way, and and we have to make this as a community stronger and more attractive. And the way we do that is we help each other get better. So that's one. Um, with this brand, you know that that in, in meeting the the franchise candidate where they are and providing that level of experience does a couple things, right? First of all, we're still talking to people. That's a big deal. Some some Zors are not able to do that right now. Second of all, if I'm telling the story of the brand and we're talking about the technology and the things that we're doing to position the brand for the future, what what better way can I illustrate that than making part of their experience that technology? That's fantastic. Uh, on the operation side, you know, being in a position to where we're nimble and we've got a really strong IT and the right people in the right seats on the bus and and not afraid to invest in things and try things that are new, maybe cutting edge stuff. That's what allowed us to go, hey. 24 hours ago, we didn't have curbside pickup. And right now, 24 hours later, you can go online, order, find your product, order your product, talk to an expert, make sure it's the right product, and drive to the store and pick it up on the curb with no contact whatsoever. And, and you've got to have really good systems in place and the right people in place and leadership teams that are open to understanding where their customers are to be able to pivot like that. And, and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. And, and, and that boils down to our supply chain and the technology that's behind that, our inventory process and the technology that's behind that. And all of that flows into the point of sale system. And we have to have a good, robust technology there. And then that ties into marketing and web traffic and all these kinds of things. So, so it's not necessarily any one piece. It, it's having that full picture with an eye on the future uh, to make sure that you can pivot, that you can absorb new technology. You can test things uh, in smaller markets or in a corporate store if you have them and say, hey, how does this work? How are the customers reacting to this? And then keep what works and let go of what doesn't. And so it's always being flexible to what the customer wants. It's always being flexible to what their needs are and figuring out the best way that you can deliver the highest level of product and service that you can. And that, that's, that's retail and it's always been retail. Um, but like you had mentioned earlier, there are just some brands out there that are in this position where you know, they're kind of stuck on that. This is how we've always done it. And this is what's always worked type of thing. And that's probably the most dangerous statement in business that you could ever say. And if I'm talking to somebody or I'm interviewing somebody for a position and they're leaning very heavily on what always has been and not bringing exciting stuff to the table, or have you ever thought about this? And, you know, if if you're not an ideas guy, you're not growing and, and we want to grow into the future and we want to help the people around us grow. And that's, that's the critical piece. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree. And I and I think that why I ask this question, of course, is because you guys certainly do have quite a tech stack uh, in place. And I think that 
no brand gets to where Batteries Plus is today without that. And I think that that really makes, you know, that that's a tremendous advantage to both the corporate office and the franchisees to be able to be more nimble and to be able to navigate something like this quite a bit easier because you're able to stand up things like curbside pickup just way easier than you could have if you didn't have any of that stuff um, in place, which I think is a phenomenal asset. And I think, you know, in addition to that, you're, you're right. I think that the idea of people saying, you know, this is the way things have always been done. We always strive here um, on this podcast to try and find people um, who believe that they should always be challenging the norm. And I think that that's kind of the reason why Ryan started this in the first place. I don't want to speak for him, but I mean, that's what he, that's what he says. And that's kind of why I joined it too, is because that's what I believe. And I, and I really think that you guys have certainly have certainly done that. But I think in addition to that too, from a, in addition to the, from a, in addition to tech, I think that also having that emotional pull um, is incredibly important. And I, and I know that, you know, you have a really unique um, perspective because you've really joined the brand during all of this, during all of this COVID-19 mess. And I guess I'm just curious, you know, from a, community standpoint, you know, what have you seen that the brand has done, um, you know, when, franch- when, when when potential candidates are talking to you, you know, they probably are also asking, you know, how are, how are, how are the actual franchisees and other places getting involved in the community? You know, what are you guys, what are you guys seeing in your local markets where the, fran- any cool stories that the franchisees uh, have shared with corporate at all that you're aware of about, you know, things that they've done um, just to kind of help other people out. I think that that hospital spin was a really interesting one. So is there any stories that you have about that that you're aware of or that you saw while you were in the process of moving over that would be interesting to share with folks? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton. And uh, we just got through yesterday having some conversations with some franchisees. And you know, we're headquartered in Wisconsin. And and I am uh, uh, blessed enough to to have been told, hey, Joe, you can stay living in Florida if you want to, which is fine. Because, <laughs> you know, it, you, as far as I'm concerned, anything below 70 degrees is like a nuclear winter. So uh, as a born and raised South Floridian, you know, I, I owe the company a big one for that. So so we had a handful of franchisees on a panel yesterday, just kind of internally just talking about, hey, you know, this exact question, what what's going on? What are you seeing and how are you seeing it and this type of thing? And, and you know, we have some fantastic owners that that are and and and, the, and they really live the culture that we've created here and, and that is servicing the customer servicing the community with trust with integrity and, and being experts at what we do uh and, and you know they're telling stories like for example uh through the curbside pickup uh we're now tailoring based on at the store level, these franchise owners are doing this. Hey, you know what? I'm seeing a lot of people ordering this particular product right now, and, and it's not normally running at this level. Batter, uh, uh, thermometer batteries, for example. What do I have in the store that makes for a good add-on with that? And, and being able to build that into their team's scripting, being able to stay open uh, full hours. You know, there's some retailers out there, uh, grocery stores and so forth, that are saying, hey, you know what? We've got... Uh, the first two hours of the day are dedicated to senior citizen shoppers to limit their exposure, things along those lines. The number one thing that our franchisees are telling us that they're hearing is, thank you so much for just being open. Because so many people that are out there are trying to get stuff ordered online, but Amazon's prioritizing certain products to be delivered. You know, you're going to get baby formula before you get toilet paper. It's just going to happen that way. Uh, and, and being in a position where in 99% of the cases, we only had a very small handful of stores that, that due to uh, state-level uh, uh, decision-making, uh, had, had to close their doors temporarily. And, and, and I think there were 99.9% of them have remained open through this whole thing. 
most of all of them have kept their normal, if not extended their hours to be able to meet the customer where they are and be that pillar in the community, not have to do those things where, you know, you walk into another place and you're trying to find that one particular hearing aid battery and you're kind of on your own, where you can pick up the phone and call one of our stores, franchisee or something, tell them exactly which hearing aid you have. And they go, yep, I'll have it outside for you in 20 minutes. And so, so positioning ourselves to always serve that customer and, and finding the new ways to do it, it's always about meeting them where they are. If they're buying hearing aid, uh, thermometer batteries, why? What is it you're using that for? And, 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 and building that relationship just like you would if you were a small town business and know who your, who your customers are and what their challenges are, then we know how we can help them face those challenge, challenges you know, in, in a big way. And, and we're hearing stories like that all across the board. We're, we're seeing uh, sales growth across the board. Uh, through this entire process. And, you know, I've got uh, a franchisee who's in Wisconsin told me yesterday that, hey, you know what? Uh, I actually, instead of everybody was in fear mode at first in the entire country and started pulling back their budgets and all these kinds of things. And after about two days of that, I started recognizing what the opportunity was and increased my ordering uh, to have the right product in the store for what was probably coming down the line. And he said, you know, we've been struggling to stay ahead of that because, you know, if you position yourself the right way and you make smart decisions, and you function as a business owner who's a pillar of their community, which which all small business owners should do, you're going to be in a good spot to ride this out. In some industries, you're going to have impact no matter what, you know, fitness and restaurants and so forth. But but uh, uh, if you're not in one of those worlds, you can find a way forward. Uh, if you use common sense, you lean on your franchise community uh, and you lean on your franchisor and everybody does a great job pulling forward together. I couldn't agree more, and I think that it's always really great to hear those stories, and I think it's great to hear how franchisees have adapted, which is really why I asked. And I think it also gives some folks some ideas as to how they can really communicate um, those success stories out to the public. And I really think that that is so important just to kind of see how people are coming together throughout all this and how franchising is not just the McDonald's. It's also the smaller brands, the regional brands, but also the really large brands that you may not think about, um, but actually are franchises that do play a role in everyday society that aren't feeding you, right? Or And I think that that was just really important to go through, so I'm happy that we did it. And I think that in closing, what I'd love to do to also finish on a really positive note is just to hear you know, some of the goals that you guys have uh, for the rest of the year, because I think that one of the best parts about May um, if there's any good parts about May, is that people have really started to plan to look forward. And I think that that's been a really exciting feature of this month. I really feel like that I've kind of had some normalcy to my life uh, for the past week and a half now. And I think, and I know that you certainly have hit the ground running in a new job, which I think is a really great opportunity to feel normal and busy again, too. And so um, I'd love to hear about some of the goals that, you know, Batteries Plus has for, you know, the fin- to finish out the year that you're really excited about. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're focused on uh, a couple of different things, and and one of those is is making sure that uh, you know we're refreshing, repolishing, retouching uh, the way we tell our story, and making sure that it's a current story. Uh, there's a lot of brands that are that are older than we are, or, or as as uh, as a legacy of a brand as we are, 30 plus years that uh, really haven't changed their tune in a long time. And, and you, you can't, you can't get in this race with the same horse anymore. So, so that's the one thing is we're going through line by line, looking at everything and going, Hey, you know what? Um, is this the best way to tell this story right now? Is, is this type of messaging 
sensitive to what the the world is going through right now, you know, and, and those kinds of things. It starts with that: is is are we telling the story the right story the right way? Uh, and then the second piece of it is, you know, really identifying, okay, you know, what's what's going to be our path forward the rest of this year? And and, and we certainly feel like uh, because of the nature of our industry and because of the experience we've had in our franchisees and the successes that they've had over the last two, three months, um, we think that we're going to have a lot of people coming our way who are maybe heavily invested in restaurants as, uh, you know, some of the franchise PE groups may be or are, are heavily invested in fitness and things along those lines that are going to be looking for hedges uh, within their portfolio. Uh, a lot of people up until this point, like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm uh, diversified because I own 16 different restaurant brands. Well, you're, you're all in food, man. That's not diversifying anymore. You have to be in, in different industries. You have to be essential. Uh, a lot of people have set up until this point that they're, they're uh, uh, economy proof, uh, uh, but are they pandemic proof is the question now. And, and so we've proven right. that. Um, and then the other side of it, too, is I think there's a lot of those first time franchise uh, uh, owners out there that have, you know, maybe lived through, come up or stepped into the into the, the working world right at 9-11 that then had to deal with uh, the recession and maybe stutter stepped in their career or lost a position or downsized or whatever that now are dealing with COVID and have seen an impact again that are at this stage going, I'm not doing this a fourth time. Uh, uh, you can't get downsized from the company you own. And we think that there's going to be a large group of people that are coming out of that mindset as well. And so it's being positioned in a way where I know, hey, if that guy comes in and they're asking those kinds of questions or they're telling me that kind of a story, I've got to have something that communicates to them directly. We're going to be, excuse me, increasing the number of published franchise stories that we're telling in the sense that, hey, you know what, uh, franchisee interviews and, and franchisee success stories and all these kinds of things, because people need to see themselves in the business. And they have to have, like you were saying before, they have to have that emotional connection. And the, the best possible way to do that is show them as many mirrors as possible until they see their reflection. And uh, we think that that kind of communication, uh, the reputation we have, the legacy that we have of, hey, you know what, as a franchisor, we went through 9-11. We went through the recession. We're getting through COVID. We've proven ourselves as a brand and as an opportunity over and over again that we, we get through these things in a really solid way. Uh, and I think that's going to lead us down a path where we're really going to start seeing, we already have tremendous interest in the brand as it is, but, but this is going to take us to a whole nother level in terms of, of how fast we grow, where we grow and how we grow. Um, but again, you know, the number one thing and, and any, any seasoned franchise or will tell you the same thing. It all comes down to storytelling. And, and are you good at that? Can you tell the right story? Do you have the right story to tell? And, and do you have the median, uh, or uh, the mode through which to tell that story. And uh, we're, we're positioning ourselves to be able to do a really good job of that. I'm looking forward to seeing how you guys, how you guys really enact that because I think that you've had some really awesome, really big ideas and they were lucky enough to, to snatch you up throughout all of this. And I think that more than anything, I, I think that you have um, some really big ideas that I don't know if Batters Plus was even planning to do, but now they will because they have you, which I think will be, Phenomenal. And I think that, you know, I think that the way um, that you're going to help this brand into the future will be um, a tremendous asset. And I'm really, I, for one, am, of course, as your friend, really looking forward to seeing it. But as a, but as a business professional as well, we'll really be looking forward to seeing, you know, how you got, how you can really, you know, enact some change within a brand, you know, that has been around for a really long time and, 
you know, having some young blood, some, some, some young blood that knows what to do and never really hurts. Right. So I think that I, I, I always agree with that sentiment. So I'm really happy that we could uh, have you on the podcast to talk a little bit about, you know, your new role and, you know, some of your opinions on what's going on and uh, looking forward to seeing, you know, where the brand goes from here as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's been an absolute pr- pleasure. <clears throat> I think my favorite thing that you've said so far is that you still consider me young blood, which is awesome. And, uh, you know, we're, we're on some really good <laughs> here with, uh, with batteries and we've got an amazing team and, uh, you know, we're off to some, some big stuff. So I am, uh, I am looking forward to as Paige Robinson over at AFC says air high-fiving you the next time I see you at a trade show this year. So absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll... Well, me too. And I'm, uh, and I'm really happy that we had a chance to come on, uh, come on and talk for a little bit. Folks, thank you guys all so much for listening, listening once again. If you do want to listen to more podcasts like uh, this wonderful podcast that did with Joe, uh, please subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts. And again, as I continuously say, don't be shy. Um, if you do need a resident millennial to tell you how to do that, uh, Ryan and I are both those. So please feel free to uh, drop, us a, drop us a line and we are more than happy to help you out on how to do that so you don't miss any. Thank you guys all so much and uh, have a good rest of your day.